And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the show. This is Andy Webb with Lifestyles Unlimited. And as always, we're working on your financial freedom. And hey, to get to financial freedom, you need to have a, a certain number stand, understanding of numbers. And, and that's, that's what we're going to get into today. Today's a numbers show. Now, yeah, radio and numbers, do those two go together? I need a whiteboard. I need to be able to write this stuff out. Yeah, well, we're going to do our best. And I'm going to introduce you to some concepts, but you'll probably want to dive in uh, deeper later. But, but this will, we will get into some numbers and, because, you know, that, that really is, that, that's, that's all that real estate is. It, it is a, a numbers game. So we're going to we're going to work through kind of the whole life cycle. We're going to focus on single family. If I have time towards the end of the show, we'll talk a little bit about apartments, but I'm going to focus on single family and use the single family life cycle to work through uh, some of the things you need to be thinking out at, at thinking about at each part of that process. And, and some of the numbers that go go along with that. So these are things you're going to want to think about and, and in some cases know how to 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 calculate. And I bring this up for two reasons, um, in part because I attended part of the two-day financial freedom seminar um, recently, and I was reintroduced to a lot of this stuff. Now, this is stuff I inherently know, and if you're an experienced investor, you, you may as well. If you're not, again, this is stuff that you're going to want to know. So some of this is a takeaway from, from that. But I, but I also bring it up because on last week's show, if you remember, if you if you tuned in, we we talked about real estate investing in the in the age of AI or or artificial intelligence, and if you want to want to hear that show, if you missed it, go to lifestylesunlimited.com. You can check that out there on the radio tab. But during the course of the show, we looked at artificial intelligence, some of the threats to your your jobs potentially. Some of you are at risk, and and towards the end of the show, I, I brought up an example, and this is an example that. I was looking at that I was working at a, a deal, an investment opportunity, and I misspoke. I said, we are under contract on this house. And we were not under contract. Here's, here's the key word. Here's what I should have said. We have written a contract on this house. We have submitted that contract as our offer on this house. And if you remember, this was a bank-owned property, a, for, a foreclosure. And, and banks, are, they're, they're kind of slow moving. And you know they're pretty good at what they do. And they had priced it very well. And they had had multiple, multiple offers. And they came back to my realtor and said, hey, we've got a lot of offers. Do you, do you want to submit your highest and best? And he came back to me and I said, look, that is my highest and best. You already have it. Let's just stay put. And somebody came in higher. Somebody came in higher. So we did miss. We did miss that number. But I bring this up because we did stay put. We didn't get my wife and I uh, being the we there. We, we didn't get emotionally charged because we got to have this next deal. Some of you out there that are trying to get into your first deal have to be very careful with those emotions. I got to have it. I got to have it. But we stayed put. No, no emotions, just numbers. I knew what my maximum allowable offer was in order to hit the numbers, the return numbers, and the out-of-pocket and the other things that, that, that I needed to see. So what real estate numbers are you looking at? And... 
you know, we're going to look at that. We're going to talk about this in the course or in, in over the course of the life cycle of an investment. Okay. But to begin with, I do need you to think about your numbers, right? You're going to want to figure these out. We'll talk about this if you don't already know. Okay. And again, you're going to learn a few terms and here. Some of these you may know if you've been listening for a while or you are an investor already. Uh, a lot of acronyms. We have a lot of acronyms in this industry. So pay attention. I'll try to break those down down for you. And by the way, if you're squirming in your in your chair right now, or in your if you're driving, listening on the radio, squirming in, in, in the driver's seat there, because you're not a numbers person, you do not have to be a numbers person. I've met thousands of people over the decade or so that I've been doing this at Lifestyles Unlimited, outside of Lifestyles Unlimited, and we have a variety of people that jump into this space. And you just need to know your strengths and weaknesses with that respect. And, and if numbers are, are not your strength, well, lever, <laughs> lever other people. It, it really is as simple as that. And, and I'll give you a few examples of how I am a numbers guy. Um, so I'll try not to go too, uh, too pointy hat on you today. But, um, but uh, if you're not, there, there are a lot of people that can help you. And we'll, we'll, I'll bring a few examples. But let's start with your numbers and by that i mean your your personal numbers your your information so for example when i when i think about numbers of my own i start with net worth now before i started down this path i i i can't say i thought about net worth i was a i was that worker guy that knowledge worker right sitting at a desk <laughs> doing the same thing day in day out getting a paycheck some of it went to the bank some of it went to the bills um didn't really consider it but i think net worth is a very important number to know because this is essentially, this becomes your measuring stick when you become a real estate investor because you want to see, you want to see that net worth grow. That is, that is, uh, that is part of, part of what we, what, the why behind what, why we do this. Figure out your personal financial statement and net worth is part of that. It's just one part, by the way, assets minus liabilities. Do not neglect, however, to think about the the movement in there right assets minus liabilities that's balance sheet that's static but we need to look at the income and expenses the in and the out the profit and and loss it's simple math for the most part assets minus liabilities right in in that case but i was reminded of this because i went recently and, and sat in at one of the uh two day one of the, the weekend seminars um and i'm glad i did i always come away with something new some new angle something i need to think about as an investor even even 10 years in so keep keep returning so that you keep that information fresh and to start the show we're just taking a look at your personal numbers and again i do encourage you personal financial statement figure out how to build that we've done shows on that that will be your homework if you become a member at lifestyles unlimited and and want to want to grow right that's this is a, a key benchmark and and typically we think about net worth as part of that personal financial statement but you cannot neglect the income and the expenses because typically and and you hear me open the show we're we're working on your financial freedom yes that that wealth building that net worth growing over time that that's part of that but to truly become retired like i was working a decade plus ago when i joined right i had that day that job sitting at a desk waiting for the check to come in. Well, I need to do one of two things. I need to either replace my expenses for my household with with cash flow, with, with passive income from our rental properties, and that was our target, or I need to replace my income. So you need to know what each of those are as well, and that is part of a, a, a comprehensive uh, personal financial statement. So the balance sheet, right, your net worth, as well as your in and out, your, your P&L, 
Okay, so don't neglect that. Don't neglect that because that will help you define really your, your, your upper level target number. And when I started, it was for us, it was replacing my wife's income. We just jumped over the expenses. We said, we're replacing her income. What is that number? How many houses? If I can cash flow at XYZ number to get there. And we got there in about three years. You can do it too. Now, those are the good numbers. Those are the numbers we want to focus on in a, in a, in a positive light and, and build those up. Uh, for a lot of you out there, you may not know some of these coming numbers, and these are the ones that I, uh, uh, I have to warn you about. You want to think carefully about these, and, and you may not know these. And, and the first and foremost is credit score. And I know people out there that are all cash and don't even have a credit score. But if you're going to follow the lifestyles model, we do buy houses that are, that are junkers, and we use a construction loan, we fix them up, and then we refinance into 30-year debt. And in order to get that debt, you do have, they, they want to see a credit score. Absolute, absolute minimum, 620, but not ideal, right? 680, even better. And if you really want to hit the big numbers, you need to be at 720, right? Above that, anything below that, and that credit score does, in fact, impact the interest rate that you'll receive on that on that refinance, on that property. And what does that impact? Well, as we've seen lately with interest rates going up already anyhow, that's gonna compress, that's gonna reduce your your cash flow. Uh, so focus on that. If you don't know what that is and you start to go down this path, you become a member, let's say, and you start to talk with lenders, you're gonna get pre-approved. They're gonna look at your personal financial statement, they're gonna look at your bank statements, that sort of thing, and they're gonna to wanna to pull your credit. Let them pull your credit so you know where you're at. You may have some of these uh, credit cards that that give you that information. That's a good that's a good uh, a good benchmark, I think. But uh, you want to get to that actual uh, FICO score. And what they do is they pull all three of the the when you go to refi, they're going to pull all three of the uh, credit bureau uh, FICO scores, and they're going to take the middle. So it's good to know where you are with 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 TransUnion, with Experian, um, and with Equifax because they vary. I've tracked mine over the years, and my wife says we go through this process because every time we refi, they pull the credit, ask for the the report, and there's some pretty big disparity there. <laughs> so you want to know not just your one credit score, but really you want to know all three, and 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 start to work on those. The other big number that you may not have a good grasp on or, or a grasp of at all is your debt to income ratio. And that should not ever exceed 50% if you're going to go down this path. Ah, but if I'm going to put a mortgage on that rental property and I'm at 49% right now, isn't that going to blow me out of the water and put me at 55 or something like that? No, the good news is the lenders we work with, they, they understand this model. They understand what we as rental investors are trying to do. And Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, they get it as well. And they're going to let you take the income from that rental property and factor that in as well. And that income darn well better offset that debt. One of our rules to investing is that it has to cash flow. <laughs> you know, So if it's cash flow positive, that means you're covering that debt. And that's going to play in. And that's actually going to help. That could potentially help your debt to income. But you want to know what that is. And again, as you go through the process of speaking with lenders, they, they're going to help you figure out what that is. Uh, but, but watch those balances. Watch those card balances. They creep up very easily, especially at certain times of the year. December comes to mind right? Christmas time. Um, but, but keep an eye on those. And I do have some, some good news with rentals. Like we just said, the, the rents, they do offset that debt. So uh, that will help you. Don't, don't throw the towel in already because ah, I'm too high. I'm too high. Um, this, this whole process works for you. The other number you need to know, and this will come to you as you work through that personal financial statement and put those assets together, is what kind of capital, what kind of money, what kind of capital do you have right now to invest? 
Let's just pick in a number here. Let's say you have $80,000. Great. You can go out and buy three houses at $20,000 a pop. Wait a minute, I, th I thought you were a numbers guy. 20 times three, that's 60. But I have 80K, can I do four? No, because you will need to have some reserves on hand. Not because I say it's a good idea, and I do think it is a good idea, and I do keep reserves on hand for my portfolio, um, but the lenders are gonna require that. And I've got a sheet here, actually, Pick this up at the two-day uh, printout, and it tells me if I have one to four finance properties, and I'm not going to read all this to you because it's pretty complicated, but it tells you what the re reserve requirement is at that stage. And when you get to five to six, hey, you're growing that portfolio. Now you have five to six properties. The reserve requirement naturally goes up. And beyond that, seven to 10, the maximum you can finance with a Fannie Mae or, or Freddie Mac type product is 10 under your personal name. Uh, from seven to 10, that goes up yet again so you do you do want to have some reserves on hand plus when you go in to do the rehab uh the renovations yes we do finance that by way of that hard money loan but i do need to have some seed money let's call it to get that get that process started so the construction will be done i'll cover the cost of that then i'll take a draw right a, a repair draw when work is complete on some part of the the construction to to, to cover that but reserves you got to have so those are your numbers and you need to figure those out. What is my balance, my, my net worth, my personal financial statement look like? What kind of capital do I have? Set some of that aside mentally for reserves and figure out what that debt, uh, debt to income and the, the credit scores are. That's your homework. Now, your other homework is to figure out, eh, what do I wanna buy? What do I wanna buy? Well, there's certain numbers that play into this as well. And this is where some of the important stuff comes. So. Take a break, go get a sip of water, refresh that coffee, and we'll talk about those when we come back. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. Lifestyles Unlimited members share their stories and strategies for success at case study events. If you got laid off tomorrow, what would you do? Would you have to be working at McDonald's or wait to try and find another job with the downsizing in the economy? Kept on coming to meetings, even with David Fisher online and stuff like that, but still we just like, we need to make the jump. So we kept praying for time to get this job done, to, to be able to find the properties. How do we find the properties? How do you find the time? And God answered our prayers and he got downsized from his corporate job. But they didn't buy just one house, right? No, they did not. You rehab in house number nine right now. Nine. Wow. So every month, the cash flow is $3,200. Okay. The equity of all the houses is up to 280000 Join us this month and learn from people just like you. Check in person and online dates at lucasestudy.com. That's lucasestudy.com. Creating the lifestyle you've always wanted. You're hearing Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Andy Webb, and I thank you for tuning in today. Got questions, you can email me, askandy at luinc.com. Again, that email is askandy at luinc.com. And we're, we're looking at numbers today. 
Yeah, looking at numbers virtually over the the airwaves with you. I know that's a that's a that's a that's a long shot. I wish I had a whiteboard here. In fact, I sat at the two day recently, and Greg was the uh, the presenter, and he, he did a wonderful job and and worked us through those numbers. Thanks to that big whiteboard. But we're going to introduce some concepts here, and I think the prior segment was especially important because if you're new to this and you don't have a handle on your own numbers, it's really hard to know where to start. And it's really hard to know how far you can go. And when you have those conversations with a lender to figure out what is my debt to income ratio, what are my credit scores with the three bureaus, they're going to give you an idea of your financial firepower, meaning what kind of house can I refinance? It's an important question. That's going to inform part of your part of your process as you move forward. But I think an important number, and this goes back to what that lender tells you you can do in terms of uh, a loan and, and, and a refinance is the what we call the ARV, and that's an acronym. This is one of those you're going to hear everywhere, and that stands for after repair value. In in essence, it is the market value of that property once it is fixed up, because we're typically not going out and buying new stuff. What we do is we go out and find a house that does need work, and that begs a question as well: What rehab number are you comfortable with? And you need to understand what you can work with in terms of market value and what you're comfortable with in terms of rehab because there is a very close interplay between the market value, the renovations, and what your purchase price should be. But the purchase price is going to be dictated by your numbers, market value, rehab, and what do you want to come out of pocket for this thing? And to go back to the example from the, the earlier segment, we said, hey, if you're starting with 80K and you want to spread that as, over as many houses as, as you feel comfortable doing, is that 20K per house? Well, you can do three with some reserves. If you can find houses at 15,000 out of pocket, well, you can go a little bit farther, can't you? Now, your rehab is probably going to be higher. There tends to be an interplay in the, in, the, in the market value level of rehab and cash out of pocket. You're going to get a lower lower price normally for a higher renovation. So let's talk about these numbers now. That that gets into the return part of this discussion. What kind of returns do you want to see? So we mentioned some of the numbers you want to think about: size, age, configuration. Didn't really talk about geography. That's not a number, but we'll, we'll work that in here in a second. But you also need to know, aside from those, what what are my target returns? What is that target cash out of pocket? And if you know that and you're presented with an investment opportunity and those numbers don't align with yours, you can just move on. You don't have to waste a lot of time thinking about it and worrying about it. And go, to go back to the cash out of pocket, by the way, if you do have a particular number you're looking at, let's say you, let's say you want to be 15K out of pocket, that's probably not going to work in Dallas. The, the cash out of pocket tends to be higher. But there are markets where that will work. These tertiary markets, for example, I tend to find them more commonly out there. But you have to be willing to, to work at a distance, work from afar, go down to San Antonio. Saw a good one out in Knoxville that was 14000 out of pocket. Now, Knoxville, Tennessee, okay. Um, so that's cash out of pocket. But beyond that, what kind of return on my investment am I now getting? If I put that $20,000 in, what kind of return on that cash am I getting? We call that cash on cash return. What kind of equity, because this is a distressed product, what, what kind of equity am I getting through the process? And if you're not numbers comfortable, this is where I go back to the 
uh, comment earlier in the show that we have people that can help you with that. And that is specifically, that's our realty team. And I mentioned that you don't have to be that numbers person. Well, the good news is here I've got, for example, right in front of me, an email that I got from one of the realty team. Let's see, where is this? I've got a lot of these. Uh, but this one's, okay, this is down by San Antonio. Estimated out of pocket, using hard money, $15,000 and some change. Wow. That is phenomenal. Now, I will tell you, there's a footnote right at the top here. It tells me it's in San Antonio somewhere. Um, it tells me what the cash flow is, and it says, big rehab. I'm comfortable with a big rehab. If I can get that house for 15K, yeah, I'll do that. Now, moving on, some of the other return numbers we like to look at. That's my out-of-pocket. Uh, cash flow on this is projected because we know what the rents in that area are right now. Okay, and based on that, we're able to figure out the cash flow per month, that net figure that I'm keeping, $241. Okay, that's per month per year, right? What is that? A little over uh, $2,800, uh, $2,400 or so. Take that number divided by your cash into the investment. That's a 19.1% return. That is your cash on cash return. And, and we talked about this recently at the two day, uh, the presenter did. Typically for houses, we want to see anywhere from eight to 30% cash on cash return. If you can find that, you're doing very well. But because we're buying a house that does need a lot of work, we're paying here asking price $90,000 after repair price opinion or after repair value, market value 180,000. There's a 90K spread there. Now he's suggesting in order to do what we do at Lifestyles Unlimited, say 90K, mm-mm. Mm -mm. My MAO, my maximum allowable offer is below that. You may want 90, but I can do 60. But let's say you go in at 60, you're going to get to that 15 out of pocket. But here's the beauty. You're going to create, you're going to have an equity capture of $33,000. You've put 15 in. You've added, this, this 15 is not in this number. You've added an additional $33,000. That's a 200% return. You've not doubled, but you've tripled your money and you're now sitting on $48,000 in equity to hold and to as a buffer as comfort during your hold period. So how do you figure out that cash flow number? That's an important one. Well, the big input numbers that you're going to need to know are obviously the rents. We mentioned that we can figure that out. Our realtors are great at that. Uh, we have a tool called quest that can help you figure that out. You can talk to a realtor, they can run the comps for you. Uh, so we need the rents. That's the income. That's what's coming in. What's going out. Typically, if you're following the lifestyles model, Four letters, P-I-T-I. -I. There's that acronym again, P-I-T-I. P-I, that's the principal and interest. That's the mortgage payment. This goes back to our conversation about your credit score. You can make that mortgage payment higher or lower by maintaining a higher credit score. Closer to 800 you get, the better. Right? P-I, that's your mortgage payment. And you can figure that out just by get, talking with your lender. I have this conversation regularly. Okay, here's where I'm looking. I'm looking for things that are gonna be at a market value, let's say of 200K. If I'm refinancing at 75% loan to value, I'm gonna be at 150K on my loan, 150,000. Lender, what's my interest rate gonna be? They'll tell me. And it's good to have these conversations routinely now because the, as we know, the interest rates are all over. But I'm gonna take that number, I'm gonna take my expected loan amount, plug it into an amortization calculator on my own, bam. Now I know that big piece of the puzzle, the P and the I. What's the T? That's taxes, property taxes. The I, that's insurance, also also big numbers. So rent coming in minus P-I-T-I, -I, that's going to yield my cash flow. Now I just take that, divide that by my cash out of pocket. There's my cash on cash return. Now if you're buying in an HOA community, add those HOA fees. If you plan to use a property manager, add that property management fee. Some people that I know are very conservative. They go on to calculate things like vacancy, uh, maintenance holdback, capex holdback, 
if you're following the Lifestyles Unlimited model, you don't really need these. And here's why. We're going to go in, we're going to follow the motto, best product, best price. We know this house has a big rehab. Am I going to go in and cut corners and put down the cheap old rollout uh, linoleum and, you know, half halfway do the wall, you know, no, we're going to go in and we're going to fix everything that is now broken or could break soon. And we're going to upgrade everything. Okay. We're going to do it in line with the neighborhood, right? With the rental comps that we looked at, but we're going to put the best product out there. It's going to be bulletproof and we're going to have a good price and we're going to get good people because of that. And our plan is not to hold this ad infinitum. Our plan is to hold this for three to five years. Here too is a number that you need to figure out. What is that hold period really? Um, because we're going to sell this now before any kind of maintenance or capex truly becomes an issue. So don't overdo your math here. And you might look at these, Hey, what if, what if I hold a little longer, but if I'm holding for just three years, maintenance capex should not be an issue. If I've got the best product out there at the best price, vacancy goes away. I'm almost through all of my renewals. Now rents are going up. Taxes have gone up. Insurance has gone up people are staying around. For one thing, they don't have a lot of choice out there. They have a good product though in front of them. Why move? So once they're in, they tend to stick around, especially on houses. So, hey, look, I, I know this is a lot of information, but you can go out to our website, lifestylesunlimited.com and, and, and revisit this and, and listen again. Um, but these numbers are very important and you want to understand this. And if you're not sure how to calculate these or some of this is going over your head, this is where you really need to invest in your education. Right. Go to lifestylesunlimited.com. Click on the free workshop button to learn more there. But this is just part of the equation, right? We're going to go on to hold this thing. Rehab. We've thrown that one out there a lot. How do you, how do you calculate rehab? You know, years ago when I started, it was $10 a square foot plus those big ticket items. Do you think it's $10 anymore? Oh no, <laughs> it's gone up. I've heard 35 a foot. I've heard 40 a foot. It depends on your geography, where you are. Is it Tennessee? Is it South Carolina? Is it down in Houston? Is it in Dallas, Fort Worth? Is it out in the suburbs? Is it out in the exurbs? Right? The numbers change quite a bit. Best bet for you this is what I do. Talk with the GC, have them go by, had somebody out to the property we were working uh, just, just recently and get it firmed up because the numbers are moving a lot. Inflation is there. So best bet is to just have somebody take a look right now. We got it fixed up and we are holding it and we're enjoying that cash flow. We're loving it. Well, let's talk about the hold period and let's talk about that equity and let's talk about what happens over time. When we first bought, right, we talked about that cash on cash return. We loved that equity gain too, by the way, but that was our big focus or it was mine, cash on cash and the return on capital gain. But here's what's going to happen over the years. You will, you will experience some appreciation and over the years, your resident is paying down that mortgage and that equity is building up and you need to stop and you need to pause. Every year I would, I would recommend. And what is that market value now? And where is my debt load now? And what is my equity? What does that look like right now? And when you're in year two and you're in year three and you're in year four of your hold and you've been taking your rents up and your, your cash flow is getting bigger and bigger and oh, it feels warm and fuzzy. It feels so good. I love this cash flow. Take a look at that equity, annualize that cash flow that you have now and divide by that new equity number. Forget about the cash you had into the deal. If I always measure against my cash out of pocket and my 15 K out of house, that was seven K out of house. I took $200 to the closing table. If I always measure against that number, I'm leaving something on the table and it's called equity. So take a look at that. Take that cash flow, annualize, divide by your equity number. Now, and you're going to find that you're getting a very, very small number. 
when we set our target on single families anywhere from 8 to 30%, if you do this math on a house you've held for a while, you're going to find that return on equities 2, 3, 4, maybe 5%. That equity would do better sitting in a bank right now, wouldn't it? So what do you do? You got to get it out. Cash out refi or do the painful thing. Yeah, I know you love the cash flow, but maybe it's time to sell. Sell, reinvest. And we talked about this, by the way, at the two-day uh, Financial Freedom Seminar. This is something I personally needed to hear. I've got some equity. Time to get it out and redeploy. And you'll find that when you do that, you create much more cash flow than you had with that single house. And now you've got not one, but three, four, five houses that are now gaining in value, enjoying that equity buildup. You've created a ton of equity capture on the outset. Just keep doing that. Wash, rinse, and repeat. Use the 1031 exchange if that's your plan to save on those capital gains. So, hey, lots of numbers there. If you're not a numbers person, again, don't worry. I, I read from an email blast that I got from one of our realty team. I did not have to think about these numbers. They had that together for me. I've seen a ton of these every day, different markets. I just have to look. Does that meet my target? What is my target? What is your target? Spend some time, figure that out, and then get on the road. Go back to this show and listen to some more of those acronyms. And hey, come out to our two-day to really get the education in these numbers. Thank you for listening. You have a great day. Thank you for listening to Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit LifestylesUnlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. We want to meet you as well. Sign up for a free workshop at Lifestyles lifestylesunlimited.com. Until next time, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.